Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let Loose with Moose. Today I have Zero X Finish. Hello, Finish. How are you doing? Hi, Moose. Hey, all good. Very happy to be here. My first podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time, man. And yeah, all good, all good. Yeah, and it was like it's been three weeks since I last saw you since Token Twenty Forty Nine, right? How are you, man? Yeah, true. What have How you been, have been up to? <laughs> what have I been up to? Yeah, I mean, the talking 2049 was kind of nice. Uh, first time in Asia, first time in Singapore, beautiful city. Uh, I think uh, since uh, since then, I kind of was just working, uh, not really, not really doing much of a new stuff because there is not much, uh, I would say, updates on the market because it's kind of dead. Like not many innovations or not many projects, just probably researching the, the market itself, writing threads, uh, doing work for Vault, Coffee Factor. That's probably everything. Mm-hmm. Right, nice. Um, uh, you kind of went a little bit in there already, but could I get you to do a bit of the, tell us a bit about your background of yourself and of course how you started getting to crypto, your crypto origin story. Yeah, sure. As a background, so I'm currently studying, studying uh, computer science and economics in Germany, and also I was kind of involved in crypto since 2020. Uh, I was doing pretty much all kind of stuff from the NFTs to, I don't know, getting whitelist spots to trading them. So basically, I, I was kind of super involved in NFTs and also obviously different DeFi sales, uh, different IDOs um, and so on. And then at some point, I just understood that, that Twitter kind of maybe lacks of some DeFi knowledge. And I thought, okay, why wouldn't I try myself to, to post it a little bit? And then kind of, uh, I mean, it, it, it paid off, I would say. Oh, nice. I didn't know you started in 2020, man. Yeah, I, like, I'm not really an OG because uh, I, I'm not I'm not old, so... <laughs> no, but... I mean, almost, yeah. almost, I think I think everyone will kind of wish to start as early as possible, I don't know, like 2014 yep. or 2017. Yeah, but yep. I, I guess we're, we're still early, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because I didn't know that you were an NFT person. So, like, is is your PFP like an NFT collection from a collection or something? No, no, no not really. So basically, my uh, Xerox Finish P- uh, PFP is just generated. But uh, I mean, right now it will sound kind of funny, but uh, I've been trading a lot of Solana NFTs because at some point, <laughs> like NFTs is fun over something big, and there were uh, there were really some great projects. Uh, which kind of, I don't know, they were kind of hyped and uh, you could have made, I don't know, like 10x uh, in just one evening. We are just, just taking some soul, etc. So the bull market was pretty good there. Right, right, yeah. I think in 2020 and 2021, NFT hype was really crazy. So I, I was in the same spot as you, right? Like grinding uh-huh. for a white, white list and then you just have to mean the white list mean and then can flip for yeah. a little bit in yeah. the public sale onwards, yeah. Yeah, so actually, are you still, do you still play with any NFTs at the moment, or like, are you just full on DeFi for now? Uh, any NFTs? Uh, I mean, at some point, uh, if you know, what was his name? I mean, uh, there's there's a guy who holds probably like hundred fifty D gods. Um, I'm not sure what's like. He he's super popular. He has maybe two hundred K. So he has followers on on Twitter. So yeah. And at some point, uh, he kind of dumped maybe half of his collection of the D-Gods 
and the price went um, probably to 3.5 ETH. And at that point, I was just kind of probably looking into buying some, but then I, I mean, it's hard to, like, A with 3.5 ETH, like, it's almost 10K, uh, it was 10K at that point, into something you don't really look into because, like, there are guys who kind of, um, like, truly focus on the NFTs, they kind of, they flip them, they trade them, uh, because I think even at this point, when NFTs are kind of dead, there are still some new projects coming out, and they kind of specialize on this stuff. Mm, me personally, not, so I just thought if I'm not really good at NFTs, why would I just ape in like, such a big sum? Uh, but as for now, I just hold probably Captains, if you know. Captains. Right, nice. Yeah. Uh, so they basically they they aiming to to launch their own token and kind of their own game. The floor is also I think about three point five ETH, which is kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I bought it around four point five, so I'm currently at a loss. But I hope they will do well in future. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we always do. We hope they they will do <laughs> better, but it never happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Right. Um. And anyway, your your Twitter account, right? You've only started in like first half of twenty twenty three, right? So, if I'm correct, yeah. it's about March, right? And how did that come about? Like, since you started crypto in twenty twenty, like, why did you suddenly have the idea of creating this Twitter account in twenty twenty three? Honestly, I think so. Basically, during the bull market, you have so many activities. You don't really have enough time to take rest, etc. Because like the, there are always some sales, some NFTs. Uh, but uh, during the bear market, as now, you don't really have much st- stuff to do. So, I, I, like, if you're just a regular, I don't know, digin, you could probably trade some what some 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 low caps, but they're not really active right now. Maybe they were in when in, in May or or in June. Uh, so I just at some point I just thought, what could I do? Like, how could I improve? And then I thought probably like writing on Twitter would be nice because basically it's writing on Twitter. You need to know something because you need to give some info. And if I kind of focus on the DeFi, it will kind of put me in the situation where I kind of need to learn because uh, other way I just will not be able to provide anything useful for the users. So I just went writing about DeFi. I, I, I didn't really have any friends or just guys who had big accounts because... Like I just started myself. Probably I, like I had maybe a couple of friends who were not not really crypto who I just asked to like the tweets, and it just uh, somehow went well. I remember probably the, the first thread which went well was about Trader Joe. I think at that point they kind of launched their liquidity books, and like I wrote a big thread about them, like how how nice uh, they are and how innovative, etc. And that interested me. Yeah, and I just instantly got like maybe 40, 40k impressions on the thread. I mean, uh, but obviously it happened maybe about uh, 20 uh, threads which went unnoticed. So, like at some point, someone just sees the thread and then it just kind of go, go, goes better. Right, now, I mean, you're considered kind of a big account yourself now at over 20, over 1000 followers within a span of like six months. Which is, I think, is impressive, man. I I wouldn't say I'm I'm a, I'm a big account. It's it's kind of, it's kind of funny thing on Twitter, the best because at some point you reach this level where you kind of have the same impressions as other accounts. So I would say it's 
kind of starts at 10k probably, uh, I mean 10k followers, where basically if, I don't know, I write a thread and who else could maybe, who could I take as a, maybe, maybe Alex Macy, because in my opinion he he's one of the best DeFi writers. Uh, I mean, if you write probably the same thread, we will get pretty similar engagements, because uh, as for now, like as the crypto is kind of dead, as the, as the crypto Twitter is also dead. So basically, there, there is pretty limited amount of 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 DJs, uh, who will kind of read the thread. So I wouldn't say I, I'm a big, but I, I think I think it's pretty much enough as for now. Yeah, I, I still think it's pretty impressive in a short span of time, um, and it kind of like you you did this because you were you're pretty bored in the bear market, right? Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Which I think is. It's fantastic, man. Like some guy <laughs> out of nowhere, just like ah, oh, this market is getting boring. Let me create a Twitter account and, and grow it. <laughs> yeah, because if if you have something to tell, I think Twitter probably is the best uh, platform. And uh, like if, if you think about it, uh, I mean, among other ones, like among like if you, uh, for example, think about creating a, a video on YouTube and a thread on Twitter. It's much more it's much more convenient and just easier to tweet something or so basically the Twitter is much much user friendly for mm -hmm. some different crypto events etc. So we just uh, just a no brainer if you have any info any alpha to share why wouldn't you just be on Twitter and try something and some point it it will just uh, grow like and uh, if you have more time obviously it will grow faster if if less time than than. Uh, slower, but uh, at the end you, you will get some recognition. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and then since you've done such a great job in a short span of time, what would be a tip for people who are looking to grow their their own Twitter accounts or like YouTube channels or whatever they're doing? Uh, I don't really have much uh, of an experience if you're talking about YouTube channels because uh, I never did it, and I can imagine how 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 more complicated could it be because basically like you need to look good you need to speak well you need to uh, you need to edit well if you're talking about twitter basically also you, like you need to know what what you're writing about but at the end uh, it's much much easier you, you can really put much more content on twitter but the one thing i would say about putting uh, about kind of growing faster is just trying to bring something new because for as for now uh, it's yeah, honestly it's hard to bring something new because there is not much happening in the market uh, because like there are not many DeFi projects which are currently launching so we don't really have much stuff to write about there are already existing ones but they're also not really introducing any new technology etc like maybe I don't know what GMX launched with it was really nice I wrote about it but um, it's not much so like what I mean uh, the best the best one if you, if you want to kind of write a Twitter you just need to bring something new to, to the table. But as for now, there is just not much info. But I would say, like, if someone look, if someone is looking for, uh, for for any alpha or any news, he obviously will find it. But I think it's at this point there are like too many accounts which kind of writing about just just the same stuff. For example, like if you know there is a big uh, topic uh, about airdrops, so like there is a big chunk of accounts which are writing about uh, different airdrops and how to farm them. Most, right. uh, yeah. yeah, and basically because because like it, it, there is just the only way how to farm airdrops, you just probably like all you do is kind of create a wallet, and then you try to kind of 
uh, imitate a real user, basically just do different transactions. There is not much stuff to write about there, but they can just kind of go on and on and on, and they just repeat those different threads, mm -hmm. and they don't really bring uh, much stuff. So basically, you, you can you can really improve any any uh, niche because you can not, not only write about DeFi, also about airdrops. Like I respect, like I think airdrops probably like the best way to kind of level up your your. Um, your bank, uh, like if it's, if it's what if it's less than ten k, I don't know. Uh, but you always need to bring something new to the table because I can imagine like there are different roads or like there are different projects or different. Like there's always something you could explore and just write on Twitter, and that's how you can just gain some following faster. Right. Nice. I mean, I don't think we need more airdrop thread also on Twitter, but <laughs> but whatever works right for if you are looking to grow and. Yeah, sure. Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I want to move on to the next topic um, sure. about your investing framework. So how does your research process look like? How What do you do before clicking the buy button? Could you share on that? Before clicking the buy button? I mean, uh, it always depends because uh, uh, obviously every, uh, like everyone who invests, he just wants to make more money. So the lower you buy and the higher we sell, the better it is. But you never know how 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 long it, it goes, and uh, like how soon we will go higher. So basically, we don't really know if is uh, if it's the last opportunity for us to buy uh, is at sixteen hundred sixty, and tomorrow we're going higher, or if we're going lower. Uh, so it's for me, it's it's probably like um, mostly DCA, in, I would say, because uh, I mostly buy an is BTC. Some other altcoins, uh, if if you want, I could share, but like not really a ton of them. Just just maybe some some picks, because I'm kind of careful at this uh, stage of market because I think most of the people kind of lose their money during the bear market, and uh, if I just been able to survive it and even to maybe even multiply the capital, it's already a huge win. So if I just go and with a little bit more uh, certain, a little bit more secure assets like ease or like huge altcoins of the layer 1s or layer 2s, it's obviously a great pick, but uh, I would always leave, uh, I don't know, half of the banking stables in, in case uh, we, would, we would go lower. Oh, nice. Interesting. So so you're kind of a more long-term player or kind of a momentum rotator or short-term short trader? I'm not really a short-term trader because it's it's hard to trade short-term. You you like probably if you're talking about low caps, it would be possible to to trade to, to trade short-term. But uh, I don't really have much time for this because you really you really need to do the same stuff as with, with NFTs. You need to be part of the community. You need to research. You need to know what you're playing, what is your risk reward level, etc. So it's also kind of complicated stuff. I mostly focus on the yeah long-term. As probably most of us should be, because it just—I uh, wouldn't say each 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 of us is kind of su suited uh, to play those uh, short-term low caps, because it's super uh, not real dangerous, but it's it's easy to, to lose money. Mm -hmm. And of course, you also mentioned you you bought um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some altcoins. Then, right? Then my question to you would then be. What, how do you filter through the altcoins to decide which one that you're going to buy then? I mean, uh, how do you pick the project or...? Sorry? 
uh, as the question is how big is the project of which altcoin I, I buy or, or what do you mean? Yeah, like how do you, what research do you do to help you decide uh -huh. whether you're comfortable buying this project or that project kind of thing? What's your process behind it? Because there are like so many different projects, different altcoins, right? Even um, within DeFi itself. So what, what is your kind of filter to go through all these projects to pick the, the coins that you want to buy? I mean, honestly, I think Twitter is kind of a great help here because I would never dive into as much projects as I currently uh, kind of know about the existence and how they work. And basically because they kind of need to research for threads and to put out some content, I kind of dive into the projects and I understand how they work, understand maybe how profitable they could be in the bull market, etc. And it, it, it hugely improves uh, how it does because I kind of deep dive, for example, like even if you take a Pandas example, because I think it's like it's one of my biggest altcoin holdings. Uh, if I would if if I wouldn't research it for threads, I would never kind of like truly understand how it works, how like heal token principal token work, and uh, why it's such a game changer, and how it actually allows you to kind of fix your yield, etc. Which which just makes it a uh, um, unique product uh, for institutional and just uh, user investors. Um, yeah, so I would say mostly it's kind of writing threads and basically when you kind of read about project, you dive into the docs, you understand how it works. But mostly I would say the project must be unique as Pendle is, because uh, if you're talking about what what, what maybe JMX, uh, as for now there are so many different, different perpetual DEXs, so it's kind of hard to really understand who will like, be at the top maybe in one year or in two years, because um, there are just so many of them and uh, you don't really know how exactly it will develop, like if GMX will stay at the top or, or no. Uh, so I would just kind of go with a pretty strong picks because at this point, like we, we can we can obviously go lower from the levels we're buying because we're not in, in bull market right now. As because as as you know, as you remember those great times, uh, you buy anything, it grows uh, even further, and you always in profit. So I guess. Uh, as for now, we are not there, and we just need to play it kind of safe. So each buy, we research. If if you don't research, you can't really buy it because you don't know where your money is. If the price drops, you will panic. You will sell. It's, it's not really the best way to do it. Then you can just buy ease and hold it because, like, it's pretty easy to be to be sure in ease. Right. So so, please correct me if I'm wrong. If I would summarize, that we would be. You're looking for kind of the more unique and innovative products in the space, right? Um, kind of like the the only one that's doing something, doing that whatever they're doing instead of a saturated space such as perp dexes, right? Where you have so many different competitors and you are kind of unsure which one will kind of lead the lead the pack, right? Yeah, exactly because. Uh... I recently had this spaces uh, with Johnny Z from GMX and he also mentioned that basically there are so many projects with kind of building like similar stuff to the GMX that they kind of just fork it, probably add some features and say just new perpetual decks and there are like dozens of them there. Uh, so I would say like the most important part is to bring something into the space and kind of to try probably to cooperate, maybe to create some infrastructure for the project so it would be easier for them to operate or just to make it probably 
so so it's, it's it's honestly it's not the easiest question because you don't really know uh, like which ones to invest exactly because we can talk about research products we can talk about different niches as I mentioned and obviously like there are some which are not really populated with with like a ton of projects and obviously like there is arbitrum where you have like maybe you have what twenty perpetual access and all the like different ones. So I would say kind of to find what you really like, to find what could stand out in the future, what could really beat others. For example, maybe one other example I would say is probably Frax. In my opinion, Frax has a, has a great future because they're building a lot of stuff. So they, they truly have a vast majority of different uh, DeFi tools or implemented, like they have landing, they have, they have swapping, they have uh, Frax use, which is also pretty nice because of the two-token model. Um, and also they have upcoming Frax chain where you will also like pay for the fees with, I'm not sure where the Frax is. I'm not really sure because like there's not much info on it right now. Yeah, so obviously to me Frax uh, seems pretty solid and kind of uh, uh, innovative. So so uh, I would just say look into the innovative project which could, be, which could have future, but obviously not too innovative because they still have, still need to have some users. Right, awesome, nice. And as a follow-up question, right, regarding your Pendo as an example, so mm. you kind of mentioned that Pendo is the kind of the, the only one that's doing this right now, right? So they're innovative as a yield trading platform. So then what, what would you do if a second or a third yield trading um, protocol pops up that kind of do does almost the same thing that Pendo is doing? Then would you be selling Pendo away or... Would you reassess the other protocols that's popping up, or like, how would your how would you do it then? I mean, if you're talking about Pendle competitor, I would say it's kind of hard to to build one because, uh, like as an example, uh, you could just fork Pendle probably because like all the contracts etc. Everything is accessible because it's on the blockchain, but you don't really have any community. No one knows you. No one trusts you. Uh, like there is no Binance listing or there is no Ox wallet in the, uh, integration, um, so I, I wouldn't really bother unless they will bring something new to the table. And if they do, with the kind of innovate like uh, YT and PT tokens, then I, I definitely wouldn't uh, kind of sell away Pendle and, and go for them. I will just uh, look first into them, probably like, like write a thread about them because. Uh, they're bringing actually something into the space and maybe try to, to participate in IDEO, etc. Like it will also depend on the market. But uh, there are new projects coming out daily, and uh, I mean, if the new Oracle appears, you wouldn't really imagine channeling because it's not not how it works. So I'm pretty pretty solid here. Right, I understand. Thanks, man. Because like I mean, at a certain point of time, GMX was I think kind of the ones in the space doing perfect etc before this space all got overpopulated right so it's just kind of throwing things around here but thanks for for getting the answer from you and what actually excites you right now i know it's a you mentioned it's a bit of a boring market now is there anything particular that you're interested in or you're looking at could be could be a protocol could be a chain could be a DeFi sector anything man most, most, you know, it's a great question because uh, if if I would be excited about something, I would just write more about it. But at this point, 
I don't know, honestly, like there is, there is not much of investments into the DeFi and there is not much um, new products there, so it, it's hard to be excited. But probably like the one thing I would mention, probably probably uh, just the recent one, the Arbitrum Grants, uh, the STAP program, mm -hmm. is, I, I think it's pretty nice because uh, it actually helps projects uh, to kind of develop further and to attract even more users. Because uh, almost all the ARP will be kind of used to incentivize users to trade more or to the stake more or just to participate in those different worlds, like uh, as we plan to do it at Worldcar. Um, so so it's, it's something I really looked into, into because uh, the projects did uh, kind of great recaps of the recent, uh, I would say, half year. And how the things went, for example, like Jamie created a really nice graphic of like revenue fees, uh, what they would expect from the version uh, V2, uh, how actually the migration is going, and how they like kind of aiming to incentivize the um, GLP users to kind of move move to the V2 version. Uh, so it it was one of the nice things I kind of looked into recently, but apart from that, <laughs> it's hard. But let's talk about Celestia. Um, sure. Do you qualify for the Celestia airdrop? No, 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 I do not. No, not uh, at all? honestly, I had a couple of like old wallets which kind of qualified for the Arbitrum airdrop, but I don't really have access for them anymore because I don't have funds there, and I kind of lost my previous laptop and currently have my new one. So yeah, uh, anyway, ah. uh, like there is there, there are pretty much a lot of wallets. I think half half a million. Uh, just old serial wallets which kind of qualified for some airdrops previously, they also qualified for the Celestia one if they didn't really interact with the Cosmos ecosystem itself. But honestly, uh, I think like the amount of tokens is kind of super low because if, if you compare like uh, the amount of tokens uh, like to those wallets and to probably like node runners or to developers, it's like uh, 100 times difference. So I, I, I wouldn't really expect uh, this to be much of a reward. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you didn't really. It's what it wasn't a requirement to have to interact with Cosmos to qualify for the airdrop, right? Because they exactly. Yeah, you, you could be on Arbitrum Optimism and you could still qualify. But uh, what what are your thoughts on the expected valuation for the token drop, right? I've seen people call out one two billion. I've seen people call eight to ten billion. What is your thoughts eight, on that? Eight to ten billion for Celestia. Yeah, some there are people talking about th those numbers. Uh, uh, what do they hear? I thoughts? mean, it it could be possible. Uh, uh, I I wouldn't say it's it's crazy, but uh, uh, eight ten billion is, is like evaluation of of what Arbitrum plus plus Optimism. Uh, I'm not sure if you're talking about FDV or Market Club currently. Uh, I uh, let me check because if we're talking eight, eight, ten billion, yeah. For example, what we have here, uh, avalanche is like three point three. So basically, like it's it, what would it be like uh, two point five avalanche market caps? Or if we're talking what what do we have here, matic? Yeah, so we like or two matics. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's kind of crazy because Celestia is just a small um, kind of a. Project on the Cosmos ecosystem, and they they don't really do much. They kind of just provide infrastructure for other, uh, uh, not not for, for like for other chains uh, to kind of get like as, like they're, they're super kind of infrastructure uh, focused, and 
they don't really have much users, so uh, I wouldn't expect like a ten billion, even one billion. Uh, like, I, it, it's always high, hard to kind of predict the price of the token and to predict the market cap because uh, people always kind of attend, um, tend to overvaluate if they got the error because obviously like they did the stuff with Arkham, with with Cyber, with Say. With, with all this stuff, but at the end, uh, during this market, it's kind of hard to outperform expectations. So I wouldn't say Celestia will kind of blow the mind off because I, I don't, don't I don't think they have really also much stuff. Um, like they don't really have uh, um, any huge investments. Let me check. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, uh, okay, most. Uh, yeah. I would honestly want to ask you about what are your actual, actual expectations on Celestia because I, I could imagine you have some wallets, don't you? I have a really, really low uh, amount because I, I wasn't on Cosmos, right, like you mentioned. And mm-hmm. in fact, the tokens for devs are like so much higher, right? True, true. Right. And so I, I'm actually looking at Masari's um, Twitter right now. So. Mm-hmm. They kind of tweeted on the 29th of September that Celestia's token has an implied 2.75 billion FTV. So oh. I, I personally am leaning towards the lower end as well, right? Um, so I, I'm not expecting to get a huge airdrop from Celestia. Um, I think Arkham was okay. I think... Arbitrum was obviously the one of the much better ones in the recent time frames, right? And some people are kind of speculating on base as well. Do you think base will have a token? In fact, the base will have a token. Uh, this is actually a great question because, uh, as you know, the base is kind of supported by Coinbase, and they already have their shares traded. And with all the stuff happening in the US with with Cardinals and SEC where you kind of you don't really know if it is a security or no and uh, for example like recently uh, the xrp kind of won the case but uh, but it did, didn't really have much of a clarification for other projects mm, so so it's kind of tricky because uh, if you're talking about other projects like i don't know zk sync uh, or uh, socknet um, you probably would expect them to earn like the possibilities is much higher because they don't really like us based as coinbase is and right. as i mentioned already coinbase has shares so basically they already have valuation etc and i don't really see much of um i think we need to kind of div- uh, dive deeper here because we don't really know the connection of like coinbase itself to the base like do, do they really own all the validators or is there someone running them like how exactly does it work? Because if they really have like a full control, obviously it, it makes sense to kind of launch a token and to create a like DAO as, as Arbitrum did. Uh, but overall, it's kind of tricky here because of the regulations. Yeah, I don't know how we kind of ended up talking about all these kind of speculative <laughs> airdrops kind of. Thing. Yeah, true. Uh, but but like I mean, it's, it's an interesting topic because uh, it's always uh, nice how you validate them. As and, and as you mentioned, like Arkham was nice, Arbitrum was nice, and I think actually like the last week we had uh, what half year since Arbitrum airdrop, and it feels like uh, uh, like like it's a whole new life, honestly. 
So mm -hmm. those airdrops, they kind of fly changing and you don't really know which one will like bring you the most. So if you're kind of focused on doing them, mm -hmm. or you just be being active on chain, you probably just focus uh, to kind of fire up all of them. Right. Yeah, and I actually want to circle back to the Arbitrum grants that you mentioned earlier. What do you think is the um, impact on on Arbitrum for these grants? Like, what are your thoughts on it? The impact. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I think it 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 could kind of start the small bull run, like Arbitrum bull run, because basically projects will have um, kind of um, ability to incentivize users to even use more. So basically, as a bolt, we will have higher API. The fees, uh, the fees uh, on perpetual access will be lower because there are bitrum incentivizes. Um, so everything will kind of uh, be cheaper and probably feel like a bull run. Uh, so I guess it's it, it's nice. Uh, obviously, we can see a price drop because like the projects uh, can sell the ARP for like for stable coin or for any other type of incentivize they're planning to. Uh, but I think overall, Arbitrum has a pretty nice future. It's it's like it's a leading layer too, and it's kind of great that they don't that, that they just don't keep the tokens, but they can just kind of spread spread them and try to incentivize the products to um, build further, even knowing that uh, they kind of like the um, easy go solution if you kind of want uh, just just fast and secure actually like if you, if you want to go with layer two it's probably arbitrum because it's like it's the easiest one but still because they can kind of aiming to improve it and to incentivize project to build further and for users to kind of be more active which is which is uh, it might be super nice during the bear market right uh yeah i, I kind of think it's okay like definitely you will see users coming in because they're giving grants and incentives right for oh. you will see people farming the arbitrum which then makes me think that they would in turn dump the arbitrum which might not be that of a, a great thing i guess dump arbitrum why so i ah, i ah, you mean the price or yeah like so they're giving out um incentives right so then the farmers will move back to Arbitrum. You'll probably see activity going up, TVR going up, but then people will just be farming and dumping the token, right? As always. Yeah, I mean, true, basically, if they get those incentivizers, and honestly, I have, like, for example, JMX, I'm not sure how much the request. See, probably like 13 million ARP, can stand for like about 7 million Arbitrum, um, and, and, and max probably 6 million, so like, let me check. Just one second. Just one second. I think I think uh, I have a screenshot because I think it's pretty interesting. Like how much they kind of expect mm -hmm. to get. Okay. Wait. 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 Man has all these screenshots of such things. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I don't really have the screenshot, but I kind of remember. But uh, yeah, basically, as I mentioned, like if you're, if you're talking about even like uh, the ones I mentioned already, it's kind of already twenty mil. But I think overall, already about fifty million arbitrum is requested, which is which is uh, like which is huge amount. If 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 you think that everyone kind of sells, like the, the selling pressure would be kind of huge. So at the end, obviously, it's like uh, they they will find uh, a buyer because arbitrum, as I mentioned, has has a bright future. With such a variety of projects, but I wouldn't necessarily say that kind of um, price dump is like the the bad thing because 
just it is how it is the market can decide the best pricing here and it's it like it's not the reason to kind of not incentivize projects because of the price dump right but i mean speaking uh, of arbitrum itself then i don't know if that's a good or bad thing um if we compare kind of to how optimism did the grants maybe we could expect something similar then Honestly, I'm not really familiar how it went on optimism, so I I couldn't really compare like Arbitrum and Optimism grants. But as I recall, uh, they had pretty nice rewards uh, for like for, for the for the best best building projects, and yeah. uh, and, and the Optimism price didn't really drop much. Or or uh, how was it? Uh, probably you know more was here because let I, I me, don't really recall. Let me check. Um... Yeah, sure, sure, please. Do you remember when Optimism had the grants? Optimism grants. Kind of two parts of, of, of the grants, uh, but I'm not, not really sure about the dates. But honestly, I would say like kind of uh, earlier when you had like Optimism and Bitcoin kind of launching and launching their tokens, it was not really that uh, um, like people didn't really uh, thought about kind of uh, farming airdrop and like creating multiple accounts, etc., multiple wallets. So basically like real people got kind of rewarded but as for now it's like uh, it's much more competitive space honestly because like the people kind of create a different uh, how to say it like uh, as i mentioned like they kind of look into those best best uh, paths to kind of like do a chain of transactions so they're just kind of trying to out, out, outperform everyone honestly okay so optimism distributed their OP tokens to protocols for the previous cycle, I think that would be cycle one in July 2022, most of them mm -hmm. in July and August. So we look back on that date from early July to early August, it, it went up, right? And then from kind of the first after the first week of august it's just down all the way till november mm -hmm. um then if i were to open and look at the ethereum chart for the same time frame it kind of looks pretty similar so you can't really say whether it's the grants that affect the the price or not right because ethereum kind of has the same charts going up from the most most of july and then down from second week of august or third week of august onwards um so yeah yeah exactly i think it's kind of complicated to predict uh, like how exactly the token will kind of perform after the grants are kind of being distributed but i think it's it's, it's probably like i'm not sure if they have any lockups or like uh, in any any cliffs when they got the grants, um, but I think it's kind of relevant uh, to check the price maybe the, the next couple of days, or probably the week. But as you mentioned, like if the uh, ETH was also kind of underperforming and was also during like the bear market, then I think uh, obviously it's it's kind of okay to expect from the optimism the same stuff, or even to drop more because it's altcoin and has a slower market cap. So I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um. Right. And then moving on to the broader topic of your look on the markets for the next 
let's say six months moving to next year what are your thoughts on the market like are we going to go up go down go sideways it's a tough question uh, um if you remember uh or if you know today uh, the starting has kind of rescheduled the token release uh, for the next i think maybe what was it 168 basically like they don't want to kind of release token yet so they kind of postpone it and it's actually um it's it's aligned nicely with with a bitcoin halving which happened i think it, it in about 200 days like something like that so probably like in the next half year we still won't see much stuff kind of popping out because uh, i think probably will kind of uh, go the same the same cycle as we previously like bitcoin halving and then we kind of just just uh, go like and then just probably small pause and then we can just go higher because because of the halving and it just kind of starts a new cycle uh but it nurses a yeah, so I think it will go kind of this way because obviously halving is 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 a big, uh, still big um, event in the crypto space, and so Starkin is also kind of expecting this I think because like there is no reason currently for any project to kind of launch or just to airdrop because uh, the market is not that bullish and that's why the valuation or the price will be will be much lower, which which like no one will benefit from. Mm-hmm. So I will back to like the same market as we have now for for the upcoming half year at least mm-hmm. and just a random question do you sure. believe in october or october october <laughs> <laughs> really uh do in october i mean uh it, it was it was kind of funny kind of funny because on this first october we saw like a great um run i think uh, for the bdc it was uh, up to 20 28k and currently we are seeing like a drawback and is is kind of dropping even lower uh, as we as we entered the october so obviously yeah. like uh, there is this table where you see how like how good the assets performed in, in certain months um but uh, and and it obviously influences the prob- probability but as ends in like each year can bring something new um so obviously i would expect uh, october uh, I mean, if it's October, obviously people will become kind of uh, more active. So they will kind of trade more. They will just write more on Twitter. They will read more. They will look more into new projects. They will just bring new liquidity, and um, just just will make the market even I would say fresher, if I, if I could say so. So yeah, obviously I would expect October to be October, but if it's not the case, then it's it's also not that bad. Yeah, I mean, looking at the chart right now, uh, we completely retraced the 1st October pumped and we are, huh. as of the recording, yeah, exactly. it's 3rd, 3rd October right now, right? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, but, but, but we still kind of have 27 days left. Uh, so exactly, probably, exactly. Yeah, Anything so, can so happen, we, right? <laughs> You never know how it goes because honestly, like there are some people who kind of uh, do technical analysis as they kind of draw those different lines or circles on the graphic and kind of try to predict. I I have no idea how 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 it's done. Um, do you do do you do this stuff, Moose? Do you try to predict? Like, uh, do you use technical analysis? I I try to learn a little bit. Not mm-hmm. not great at it, but I try to use it sometimes. For but overall, overall, do you see fun. any figures on the graphic? Like, do you see any? animals there or anything <laughs> so i i draw some lines and then it looks like a dick or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean dick is, dick is always bullish 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see. The the retrace is huge from from yesterday's um yesterday's pump, yeah. right? And I think we kind of covered pretty much everything that I wanted to cover on the crypto side of things. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for all your opinions and insights that you shared with us. The next thing that I want to go into is this segment of getting to know more about yourself, a finish, right? Beyond the content that you post, beyond the research that you post, right? Um, could you go us, go through with us your day in the life of Finnish? What's your typical day look like? Day in the life of Finnish? Uh, I mean, it, it depends, but honestly, it's just probably like 10 hours of work or 12 hours of work because like at some point when I was just a regular student, I had those like hobbies and I probably like I played badminton, I did some jujitsu. Um and I, I think it's nice to do sports but currently I just don't have enough time for that, so we're just probably like waking up, brushing teeth, having a shower, having some breakfast and then just um uh, just just answering the messages probably the first hour, then kind of checking checking the market, checking the the news. Uh, then just trying to put out some content in the morning. Uh, kind of to check how how also also to have Colby on Factor call Voltka, uh, do some jobs there, yeah, and I guess in the evening just researching some new stuff or probably like finishing up polishing up the stress for the upcoming day. So for me, it's uh, like probably like so- someone might say that it's better to kind of have a rest during the bear market, but as for now I have like enough stuff to do. So I don't really have much. As- yeah, probably like on the weekend I I, I could hang out with friends. Um, yeah, which we actually do, and not only as a weekend, but uh, honestly, pretty, pretty rarely. I guess it's it's most not, not much, not much here. Yeah. <laughs> so no more hobbies and, and, right and, now, no more badminton. Huh? But I actually I, I was kind of kind of looking to to play badminton in Singapore because it's like badminton is kind of an Asian Asian game, and it's super popular in Asia and in China and Japan, and there are so many great players, and there is even I remember the. Yeah. I, I hope I pronounce it correctly. It's Lo Kuan Yu, uh, and he's basically like uh, the best Singaporean uh, men singles player. And he he trained like with one of the best uh, with the Olympic champion Victor Axelsen, who is mm-hmm. from Denmark. So yeah. it's, it's super interesting stuff, honestly. But I kind of honestly I, I broke all my rackets, um, and I didn't really buy any new ones because I, I didn't really have much time to play. But at some point, uh, I'm looking to kind of get back. Badminton, yeah, and to play at some point in Singapore with you guys because I think yeah, you it's, should it's, you should have played. Uh, I think Arn mentioned on on the on this podcast as well previously that he's a huge badminton fan. <laughs> you should have played with him when you were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe next yeah, year. I, next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, we kind of try try, try to to book the book the court, but uh, this point, oh, really? like, the, uh, yeah, but but uh, it was a thing on Sunday when it was a final of Formula One. So there was actually nothing available. I, I mean, it's it's kind of kind of crazy because like it sounded Formula One. Like who 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 would like to, to rent a court? But yeah, uh, exactly. but at the end uh, at the end I kind of got sick. Uh, so 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 that doesn't really matter. I I couldn't play. <laughs> so so looking looking for the next time. Yeah sure yeah. definitely next year you can plan something. And what about like any goals for yourself in the short term or long term? In fact, like even for. For your account, I don't know. 
Any goals goals, that you set for yourself uh, to achieve? I I don't really like to share goals, honestly, because uh, like uh, it's better to kind of set the goal, uh, achieve it, and then you could just probably talk about it. But uh, like probably you would expect from me like maybe to say like reach 30k followers on Twitter or you know like uh, create. uh, Actually, do you hope for that? Uh, I don't know, because in fact, most of the people that I've interviewed, they they kind of share that they don't really bother about those numbers. So they don't, it's not a goal to, oh, I want to hit 30k or 50k by end of the year kind of thing. It's not really a, a uh, and thing. I, honestly, with current Twitter situation, it's uh, like they're not growing as fast as they did before because I think previously, like in June, I think June was the best month or even July. I have probably like 7k a month growth or 6k growth but currently have maybe like 2k monthly or 3k because like the market is just not as active anymore as it, it was mm-hmm. previously at the, at the end of the, at the start of the summer yeah yeah i mean no worries like, uh, no worries <laughs> if you are not if you don't prefer to share your goals then i'll give you a different question so yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I, uh, let's go probably with another one yeah i think uh, i will achieve them and then i will be happy to share Definitely. Uh, I was still a question from Dan from Blockmates who actually asked me this in in my show, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> he countered and asked me a question on my show. So he asked, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Which I think is a really great question. You could take a minute or two to think about it if you need to. I mean... <laughs> um. It's a nice question and I think kind of uh, with age you kind of come to the understanding like what legacy one do you want to leave? I mean not only for crypto, not only for Twitter but also like for your family and for your friends. Um, so it's really a topic you could think and think and think like uh, for actually for your whole life and uh, I think the goals and the legacy will kind of change as you explore your life and if you explore the goals or probably like you achieve your goals and then kind of the new ones come and then the legacy also changes but overall i think to to kind of educate people to to give as much uh, useful info as possible to kind of so they wouldn't just just know more they would be more aware they would just understand more they would kind of just uh, just they wouldn't uh, or probably just to onboard even more people to crypto kind of make their life uh, easier to kind of make Twitter for them more accessible. I don't, I, I'm not sure, but just, just to kind of, because, uh, uh, I mean, crypto, crypto is nice, crypto gives you so many opportunities, uh, and I think it's enough space for everyone because we're still early, and that, that would be actually a great legacy to kind of, to leave, uh, how to say it, a footstep, or like, uh, to, 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 to left something great in crypto, so others could kind of use it, and, uh, just, just, just enjoy it. It could be my content. Could, could be uh, something else. Could be a project. I, I don't know yet. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, you could definitely like your legacy that you want to leave behind can change over time, right? It doesn't have to be bound yeah, to whatever yeah. you're sharing now, because as we grow older, have more experiences, then our thoughts can change, and definitely the your answer could change over time, right? Maybe I could ask you this next year, and it could be a completely different answer as well. Yeah, right. Sure. Most, but most, thank most, you. But but yeah. Could I could I ask you the same question? No, in fact, I did answer that. You have to listen to to the episode. Ah, then. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. All good. Yeah. Um. And then I think we've been chatting for quite a bit now. 
let's wrap things sure. up with my usual two questions that I ask all my guests. With sure. The first one being your biggest takeaway from being in crypto. It's the biggest takeaway. I would say, uh, I mean, it, it can sound not as good, but uh, just how important your true skills are, because like most of the people who kind of go to university, and uh, I'm not saying that university is necessarily bad, obviously, um, it brings a lot of kind of, how to say it, it organizes everything, it makes your life kind of, uh, yeah, like, like you know the step by step what what you're actually doing, but I would say crypto is kind of super focused on like actually what you can bring to the table, what you know, how you can be helpful, what are your skills, either you can program or either write smart contracts or just create some content. Everything is, is, is valued and it, it's valued fairly. So I would say the biggest takeaway from crypto is kind of to grow your skill base and uh, you will kind of get rewarded and take advantage of it. Awesome, it's really nice. Man. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, once again, finish. And then my yeah, sure, last sure, question. No worries, yeah. Yeah, and my last question to you would then be: Could you give me three names for guest nominations to come on to have this chit chat session that you just had with me on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, honestly, I was kind of uh, looking forward to the question because I have some great <laughs> guests for you. Awesome. Uh, so the first, uh, yeah, the first one would be uh, Cookies. Uh, you you already met met her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, she could uh, provide a ton of uh, great alpha because uh, I spoke with her recently and uh, she just she knows so much stuff she just researches so so much uh, I mean it's, it's just just completely new level like like even compared to me or, or you so so I could definitely imagine her bringing a lot of uh, interesting info for the, for the listeners. The next one uh, would be, I, I'm not sure, uh, did, did you have already a podcast with Arn XT? Yeah, I did. In fact, the first few. Ah, you did? Yeah. The first few? Yeah. Uh-huh, understood. And uh, how, how, like, how long ago was it? A uh, few months like, back. Uh, <laughs> maybe, in, maybe in May, I think. Uh-huh, in May, understood. Because actually, he was the second guest uh, I wanted to, um, <laughs> to offer you, but uh, he had already been there. Then let let Rob just leave the second one and the third one would be uh, he actually has a pretty similar name to you to yours because you're Moose and he is Mooms. Ah, uh, right. Have you heard about him? Yeah, of course. M O O M S, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, M W O M S. Yeah. So, oh, my my Google Assistant turned on. Yeah. So he's <laughs> like he's not writing. Um, like stress daily, but but when he writes something, it's super valuable, and he just uh, I think he also run, runs a small business uh, in Italy, which kind of helps to onboard like uh, Web two projects on Web three. So it's also super exciting. Oh, nice! And yeah, so I could definitely imagine Moose and Mooms having a great <laughs> podcast. Must be nice. Nice. It'd be hard pronouncing the the guest and and myself. It's so <laughs> confusing. Um. I mean, since you, you kind of skipped Arn for the second one, could you provide another name for me instead? Another name? Let, let me check, let me check. Yeah, no worries, take because, time. Yeah, yeah, because honestly, I, I, kind of, I kind of thought about it because there's a great writers or great like, just influencers, but they don't really like to speak podcasts. Oh, yeah. or Some of them, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can obviously imagine because... But it's okay, you don't have to worry about that. All you have to think about is who you want to hear come on, and then I'll settle the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll figure the rest, nice. <laughs> let me check, let me check, man. Uh, let me check. Luke and that's Frank. The gods. Yeah, so so I I I can just going through the people I'm I'm following, uh, but it's hard to pick the one. I think uh, honestly, it would be nice if you could chat with someone who kind of provides alpha on actually airdrops, because I think people are not really taking it seriously, and it's it, it's it's a huge niche. So probably like someone from the airdrops, maybe I don't know. Have you heard about RDs or he's probably like the biggest one. I've heard of Ardiza, but when you kind of mention the go-to guy for airdrops, the first name that comes to my mind is actually CC2. Or CC2, but uh, I don't really like CC2, honestly. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, he, uh, he, he uh, I, okay, I don't really want to say much here, but uh, he's strange and he kind of uh, like, uh, he, he likes to create conflicts when there is actually no reason for it. And he he likes to create conflicts. Uh, I think e- even with our users, like they hate they hate some some stuff, because uh, I think he doesn't really like that that people kind of sell promotions, which is totally fine if they kind of disclose it. And and he also did did some wrong stuff uh, previously. So yeah, probably like he knows something about airdrops, but I wouldn't necessarily say that maybe his strategy is the best one because he kind of aims to. How to say it, to, to probably just to maximize one single account, which 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 obviously will bring some returns. But if it, but I, I'm not sure it's the most effective one. I'm not sure it's the one he needs to tell his subscribers to to, to do so. So right. I, honestly, I'm not I'm not just a fan. Uh, so can't really uh, advise you here. All right. So is it okay if I include this part in? Sorry. Is it okay if I include this part in? But uh, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Right, and alright, so I'm going to take your last recommendation as Ardizor then. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Alright, and I think that kind of wraps up everything that we have today. Um, thanks again, Finish, for, for coming on, taking the time. And thanks, big thanks to the listeners as well for tuning, to, tuning in to this episode. And we will see you in the next episode. Yeah, hope so, Musa. All Always a pleasure. It was kind of my first podcast and to be spoke about so many nice things, uh, really nice questions and nice convo. Thanks, Osmus. Yep. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Before you go, do remember to give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a thing. Comment down below what you liked about this episode, who you would like me to interview next, or any topics that you want to learn more about. Until next time, this is Moose moving out.